You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. All right, so we're going to be in the book of Jonah. Um, Go through chunks of that. Jonah chapter 1. It's probably the section of your Bible that's probably stuck together, so if you want to find that, it's like, Bible, who's the Bible? got my phone. Um, anyway, you can go to your phone, Jonah chapter 1. I read out of the, the CSB uh, version, so you can, if you want to follow along, there, cool. Um, there's some interesting wording. I like the way it says a lot of things. So, Jonah chapter 1 says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Amittai is cool. It just means the truth or uh, son of the truth. Something like, I think it's the truth. And so Jonah would be the son of the truth. So that's kind of interesting in that God uses this prophet this way. He says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their wickedness has confronted me. That's verse two. Can you imagine? I, I, don't, I don't want to imagine a city so wicked that God takes notice and says, all right, enough's enough. You guys are done. Like your city's done. We're about to wipe y'all out. What a horrible, uh, I can't imagine. I mean, I, honestly, I just I kind of think of like Las Vegas. I'm like, man, God, the re- why has not Las Vegas not been toast yet? I, I don't know. I mean, I just think the, just the wickedness, though, that's going on in this city is so bad that God's like, enough's enough. We're done here. So that's what's happening in verse 2. However, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Now, um, <laughs> this is a prophet of God, and he's getting to run, getting up to run and go the opposite direction of where God's called him to. I mean, exa- entire opposite direction. Tarshish, you look on a map, and Nineveh, where it was, and, and like Assyria in that area, it's the exact opposite direction. Like, he wasn't even playing. Like, it wasn't telling God, like, I mean, all of, a lot of y'all, we have a lot of parents in the room. A teenager says, no, I'm not going to do it, and they go the opposite direction. What's your response? Uh, dude, please don't say it or do it now, because <laughs> not that we don't condone it, but anyway, do it at home. But anyway, it's, he's, Go in the opposite direction, like no, defiant. Again, knowing who God is. He, this is a prophet, which is crazy to me that God would allow this, that God would, can you imagine? Okay, so people have heard this argument. Well, you know, the Bible wasn't written by, wasn't written by God, it was written by man. It's like, who's gonna write about how bad they were? Like, it's like, God told me to do something. I was stupid and said No. What man brags about that? That's, that's crazy. But you know, it was like, I mean, you get to the end of the story, it's crazy. This, this whole story, like, he, it doesn't even end well. That's what's tough. You can't even say like, oh, but man, I ended on a high note. Like, I told God no, and then I ended on a high note. So kind of spoiler alert, just in case we don't get there, he still ends bad. It's like, why would you do that? But I believe it's because God's like saying, I'll use any stubborn knucklehead. I know a lot of y'all are thinking it. You're not saying amen, but you're thinking, praise God, because you still have room. So anyway, so however, Jonah got up to flee (laughs) to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. That's kind of like playing hide and seek with a two-year-old, you know, like the adult knows like your feet are sticking out from the curtains. It's like, I see you. You're not getting away from me. But for whatever reason, and this this is crazy, it's like, how bad was Jonah's thinking? How comfortable had he gotten that, 
I mean, who's he hanging around that he thinks, I can just ignore God and be okay with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you just get there, like, all of a sudden? Or do you get there to, like, you hanging around a certain group of people, and that certain group of people is, like, regularly telling God no. And so now, since you're there, it's like, well, obviously, they're okay. I'll probably be okay. I don't know. And it just makes me wonder, like, again, this is a prophet. How does he, why does he think he can get away with that? He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down down into it to go into the Tarshish, again, from the Lord's presence. It says it specifically, again, from the Lord's presence, like, almost like, really? You're trying to get away from the Lord's presence? Later on, he confesses, like, God made the sea, the land, he made it all. It's like, how does he think? He's convinced himself. He's so stubborn. He's convinced himself, I'm probably going to be able to get away from the Lord's presence. Are you really? I don't, I, it just doesn't even make sense. Also, a thought, too. This is an easy way to get out. Like, it, it didn't even seem like it was a, a difficult thing. So he found the easiest way to get away from that. Just in case you haven't caught this yet, the easiest way is obviously not always the best way. You know, the, the, the road is wide to destruction. It's like, obviously, you should have thought this through a little bit better. Verse 4, then the Lord hurled a violent wind on the sea. If you look up in the Hebrew, uh, violent wind translates to uh, chancla. So it says, then the, I'm just kidding. That's not Hebrew, so don't. But if you want to tell your teenagers that God threw a chancla at Job, Jonah, then I won't tell them, but you have to come to terms with lying. Anyway, um, <laughs> he didn't, but my mind thinks that way sometimes. Like, God's throwing stuff at Jonah. It's like, I'm not playing with you, kid. Um, he hurls a giant, a violent wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. The sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea and lightened the load. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest parts of the vessel and had stretched out on the fallen and fallen asleep into a deep sleep. Fallen into a deep sleep. Now, this is crazy. He's being disobedient. He's being obstinate. He's being stubborn. And it doesn't even bother him. Like, he's so comfortable in his own rebellion that he just goes and gets comfortable. Meanwhile, all those around him are struggling. There's chaos all around him. He's not obviously in a good spot and doesn't even recognize it. He's so blinded by his own rebellion that he goes and falls asleep in it. You know, as y'all, y'all know those people? So stubborn. Hopefully you're not those people. If you are, hey, we're gonna give you a chance at the end of service to change that. But he's so stubborn. He's like, ah, he's like, whatever. It doesn't bother me. If it all falls apart, it all goes to pot, it's okay. I'm gonna go take a nap. Meanwhile, again, chaos is ensuing all around him. Destruction all around him. Men that they're, they're sailors accustomed to a, probably a good storm before and they're just going, they're losing their minds. How, what does it take for a sailor to throw his cargo over? This is his livelihood. I mean, he's most likely going to the next port to sell that to make money to feed his family. And at this point, he's like, it doesn't matter what I lose because it does, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna let it cost me my life if I've gotta get rid of this. Meanwhile, they're not paying attention that, hey, guess what? The one that you brought, I mean, at this point, they don't know. But they're just searching. What's going on? Let's lighten the load. We've gotta save ourselves. 
Meanwhile, he's down in a deep sleep. The captain approached him and said, what are you doing in a sound sleep? Get up, call to your God. Maybe this God will consider us and we won't perish. Come on, the sailors said to each other, verse 7, let's cast lots. Then we'll know who's to blame for this trouble that we're in. So they cast lots and the lots singled out Jonah. Interesting, because these sailors, they call out to their own gods. That's just like the world. They don't have the answers. They're going to call out to whatever. And especially if the people of God, or in this case, the man of God, is being quiet with the message that he's supposed to share. He's running, though. The world's calling out. They're looking for answers. And Jonah's just like, whatever, whatever happens. Verse 8. Then they said to him, tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business and where are you from? What is your country and what people are you from? So they're looking. Can you imagine? What is, what is how somebody feels? I'm not going to assume that this is anybody else. I've been in this situation where I've been, I'm supposed to, like, I'm supposed to be the guy that's, like, speak up. Uh, back in college, I was working at Full Locker. Right at the end exit of our, our store, like, is our store and then the exit to the mall. So... I don't remember the exact time, whatever, but this young girl, she would get out and she would sit there and wait for her friends like most days, probably a couple of weeks went by at least. And I'd see her and she's usually sitting by herself and didn't always look like super happy. Just, well, I don't know, just didn't look like she had any kind of joy. Didn't ever notice anybody. But I'd walk by her on my way to a break or walk, walk by her on my way home. And I'd see her, and then the Holy Spirit just pulling on me for days. Like, some, and, I'm, well, and I'm like, somebody ought to tell her about Jesus. Somebody ought to tell her about Jesus. And this is the conversation that's playing over my head often as I walk by her. And then one day he's like, I'm like, somebody. And he's like, you ought to tell her about me. And it's like, oh. Like, who are you talking to? I don't see anybody else here. And it's like, again, this is, this is Jonah. What is he feeling like when he's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to be sharing the truth? He's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to be helping people think differently and better. I mean, and now they're coming to him like, who are you, man? What are you doing? Why are you here? Why aren't you freaking out? Because he knows and he's content with it. What a bad spot that you've allowed yourself to get in where there's chaos all around you and you're, not, you're just okay with it. And God's working him. He's trying, to get, he's trying to get his attention. He's allowed this storm. Again, these experienced sailors throwing their own like, money away. Like, we've got to save our lives. Now they're coming to him. Who are you? What does that feel like? Why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you? You're who? You see this in verse 9. He answered them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh, the God of heaven, who made the seas and the dry land. I'm sure to his shame. The men were even more afraid. Not that he should be ashamed of being a, a Hebrew and serving God, but just that he didn't speak up like he was supposed to. The men were even more afraid and said to him, what is this you've done? The men, knew, uh, uh, the men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. So they said to him, what should we do to you to calm this sea that's against us? For the sea was getting worse and worse. He answered them, pick me up and throw me into the sea so it may quiet down for you, for I know that I'm to blame for this violent storm that is against you. Now this is nuts a little bit here. So he's, he's come to terms with this, like, I'm the guy. I'm the one that's been rejecting God. I'm the one that's been running from God. You've caught me. Throw me in. These people are so blind and so just accustomed to, 
for whatever reason, maybe ignoring the holy man. But you see in verse 13, this is nuts. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they couldn't because the sea was raging against them more and more. So rather than get rid of the sinner and disconnect themselves from what is the obvious pain, what is obviously hurting to them, hurting them, they hold on to it. They hold on to him and they keep him. And they try to pedal faster, row harder. It's like, why would you do that? It's like, I've just, you've just been given instruction. And maybe it's like, well, if he obviously doesn't believe it, then why should we? If he doesn't believe the God that he's supposed to serve, then why should we? Wouldn't that be a horrible spot? Like the people around you don't even believe you anymore because it's like, this is who you're supposed to be and you obviously don't believe it. So why should we believe you? Yeah, there's chaos going on around us. Maybe you've given us advice. Why should we believe you? You don't even believe it yourself. You're in running from him. That'd be horrible to be at, right? Don't want to be that guy. That I, my example's already so bad that people don't believe in me. Finally, they listen. Finally, they separate them, themselves from the sinner. And then what happens? Peace. The moment they cut the sinner, the sin out of their life, peace shows up. Because like, this is it's like, okay, you've got rid of him. Now we can bring some peace to your situation. Now that you're ready to listen, now we can bring some peace to your situation. So they called out to the Lord, Yahweh, please, Yahweh, don't let us, uh, to the Lord, please, Yahweh, don't let us perish because of this man's life. And don't charge us with the innocent blood, for you, Yahweh, have come, have done just as you pleased. Then they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. The men feared the Lord even more, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had appointed a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the fish three days and three nights. Now, this, this story's been, um, you know, some people try to discredit it. It's like, oh, really? When does that happen? Like, when does a big fish ever swallow a person? I mean, I, you know, I don't know how often that happens. Hopefully not a lot. You don't hear or read about it. I mean, obviously that guy's not living to tell about it. But um, you think, I, if you've ever been to like, uh, it's kind of sad now, it's a lot of the water's depleted, but like Elephant Butte, they have those big old catfish. And they'd have the, like the state policemen, they'd go down to dive for stuff, people or whatever. And those big catfish would attack people. They're just like, like, oh, that's dinner. I mean, and so I don't know what's going on with this so huge fish. And again, people might try to describe like, that doesn't happen. This is a supernatural event. Like, this isn't just some hungry fish. Like, God's got plans. Other, you see, uh, this brought up in 1 Kings, I believe it's 1 Kings. And then, but if nothing else, Jesus brings it up in Matthew 12. And then again, in Luke, uh, Luke 11, it comes up. So Jesus obviously believes that this is this story. He's not just telling this, like, oh, it's just some, like, little kid story where Jonah and the whale, he's just, no, no, no. Jesus is talking about this supernatural event and pointing back to it saying, hey, here's the sign. Like, if you don't want to believe, this is, what's, this is how the picture that's going to be. So we can wrestle with this and, like, ah, I don't know if I believe that. The Bible's full of supernatural stories. This just happens to be one of them. And God's looking to show this. Again, Jesus even pointing back to it. So a lot of people, again, they, might hate, they may struggle with this, but Jesus himself points back to this story specifically. Side note, have you ever caught a gnat in your throat? It's horrible. Like, it has to be a supernatural thing. How does a fish hold on to a person for three days? I mean... I struggle all kinds of accidentally swallow a gnat or a fly. You know, you're just, you're like, get it out. This fish holds on to him for three days. What is that like? 
You ever been swimming too long and into the ocean or salt water? Think of how, like, your skin, I mean, just for hours, your skin's all crazy. What did your skin look like for three days in the belly of a fish? That's disgusting. Again, and he's probably all, like, bundled up, tight. In the next chapter, we see that he's praying. It says, like, seaweed wrapped around his head, so he's covered in, I don't know, sorry, I don't need to, but just everything that that fish is eating and fish's intestines, this is nuts. And you know what's crazy about all this disgusting spot he's in? This prophet that says, I got to run from God. I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want anything to do with him. He says, go east. I'm going west. Forget it. I'm going to run from the Lord's presence. Like, you could do that, prophet. In chapter 2, he calls out, and he very much knows where God is. He says, let's skip to chapter 2, verse 9. Oh, no, let's go seven, sorry. As my life was fading away, I remembered Yahweh. My prayer came to you, to your holy temple. This is interesting in verse eight. This is one of my favorite verses in this. Just challenges me. It says, those who cling to worthless idols forsake faithful love. This worthless idol, I think, in this picture for him, for Jonah, and everybody's is gonna be different, I think, is Jonah himself. Like he put his own opinion, his own desires above God. His worthless idol was Jonah that I can see. Like, God, your opinion doesn't matter. I'm going to stick with mine. I'm going to cling to myself. I'm going to cling to my life, what makes me happy. God, you can figure yours out. But he starts to repent in in chapter 2. He's like, I've got to get this right. I can't flee from his presence. And I'm grateful that his presence is even here with me in my darkest moment. And thank God it's with me in my darkest. Thank you, Father, that your your presence has not left me. Even here, you're with me. And he begins to pray, and he knows and understands. And he's like, he's still here. He hasn't left me. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. His sacrifices, I'm going to set myself to the side. I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to put my own desires to the side. I'm coming after you. The voice of thanksgiving, I will fulfill what I vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is, it's, it's, yeah, I get it. Like, it sounds nuts. It's like, where does this happen? This doesn't happen. With God, it, it's happened. He acted up just like a teenager would. God sends him to his room or to a fish. Like, you stay there for three days and think about what you've done. He, he gets vomited on the dry land, and now it's times like God's like, I've got something for you. Let's back up just real quick. Why wouldn't Jonah want to go, why would this prophet not want to go speak to these people? Huge city, about 120,000 120, people that we see talked about at the, at the end of the, the book. If you don't know anything about the Ninevites, it's, it's Assyria. They were known for historically being ugly, constantly on the brink of war with the Jews and really anybody around them. They were looking to take over territory. So these were not like a, a, a warm, loving people. These weren't like, oh man, my neighbors, the Ninevites? Sure, I'll go tell them. I'm sure they're welcoming me right in. You're here to tell me that we're living horrible? Come on in. These people were ugly. They, there's pictures of them, uh, the inscriptions and stuff, the stone tablets, of them torturing most cultures, and most likely the Jews. 
So when, when Jonah's like, God's telling Jonah, hey, go after these people that are like wrapped up in sin. It wasn't like, oh, these are the best people. Yeah, I can easily tell them. No, these are his enemies. And unruly people. Like the people that did not show mercy. And God's like, I'm going to show mercy to the merciless. Wow. God, why would you do that? I want to show mercy to these people that are ugly and horrible. God, why would you do that? Because that's the type of God that we serve. He's after a people that don't deserve it. The Ninevites didn't, they, they were polytheistic. They had a bunch of gods. They were into all kinds of, of crazy things. Obviously, their there's sin is so stacked up to heaven that God's like, I don't, want, I don't want anything to do with their sin, but I want the people. That should be a good praise God moment for all of us because it's like, you're coming after a people that don't want anything to do with you, why? And you're gonna show mercy to a people that don't deserve it, why? Because he loves them. And even though they didn't call themselves, themselves by his name, he's like, I'm, I still want you to go get them. So maybe it's the family member that doesn't deserve your love. Go get them. Maybe it's the, the, the coworker that's like, they're rude all the time. I can't ever talk to them without them being rude. Go get them. Guess what? God's telling Jonah, it's not up to you to decide who gets my mercy and grace. It's not up to us. Family, I, I'm not trying to pick. But there's way too many empty seats in the sanctuary. And that's my fault as well. Like it's up to us to go get people, not because we think, oh, well, they'll, they won't even listen to me. Why would I even bring up the name of God? They won't listen. I don't, Jonah's probably thinking something similar. How could I share? I couldn't possibly share. God's getting this stubborn man to go to a stubborn people. Who's going to understand this stubborn people any better than this stubborn man? Yeah. And so he finally, he gets a hold of Jonah. He tells him, he's like, hey, dude, enough's enough. Are you ready to submit? Jonah calls out, again, in a spot where he's like, there's no way. There's no way. I, I, I see God. I can't run from your presence. Like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do things on my own, and I see that it's not working. I'm trying to live my life by my standards. Not just, I, don't, I speak when I want to speak. And God's like, dude, I've got plans for you. I want to bring peace to everybody around you, starting with you. Notice peace shows up again when he becomes obedient. The ship becomes peaceful when Jonah's obedient. We jump into chapter 3. You don't even have to get far. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So he's like, are you going to listen this time? It's funny how the, the parent acts like he's dealing with his kids often, and I get that. Because I feel like sometimes still very much, well, I'm his son. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. So Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Now Nineveh was an extremely large city, a three-day walk. Jonah said on the first day of his walk in the city and proclaimed, in 40 days Nineveh will be demolished. The men of Nineveh believed in God, proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. Finally, word gets around to the king. Verse 10 it says, then God saw their actions, that they had turned from their evil ways, so God relented from the disaster he had threatened to do to them, and he did not do it. God find, God's like, I was just waiting for that. But he had to get a hold of this man first. You know, it's, it's beautiful to see God using somebody that's told him no, and he still uses him. 
God redeeming this man who's been obstinate saying, I, I just want to do me, God. God's like, I've got plans so much greater than your plans. When are you going to stop? Jonah, when are you going to give in and do what I've told you to do? I want to give blessings to these people. God's trying to save people. And finally when he does, he's like, and then again, you think that like Jonah's going to be like super happy about this and super like, okay, man, what a great, awesome victory for God. We did something. Let's jump into four real quick. And I don't understand this. That's probably not a, like a good thing for a preacher to say that you don't understand the Bible. But man, if you understand it, <laughs> you're, you're doing better than I am. Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. Why would God use a person like that, a stubborn person that doesn't want to line up with him? Anybody? I'm not talking to y'all. That was first service. Don't tell him I said that. He prayed to the Lord, please, Lord, isn't what I said while I was still in my own country? Isn't this what I said while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled toward Tarshish in the first place. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to become angry, rich in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster. You know, it's crazy, the world. Um, and I don't know if this young man's here. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I, had I, I, I do some substituting on the side. Pastor Troy's aware this isn't like a surprise to him or anything like that, but um. Like, on days off, I'd just go sub in the schools just because, you know, I'm like, I want to go fishing. And so, um, fishing for people, sorry. You're like, why did you? <laughs> I could tell somebody's like, what? Anyway, so I go fishing for kids, and, and um, you know, I'm like, if I can be an example or maybe talk to some. Um, I got to say this. Man, check on what your kids are watching um, regularly. The lack of attention because of social media as a whole. I mean, this isn't, this is a crazy social experiment. But, you know, TikTok's designed to, for the attention, to, to minimize it, to lessen it, to, you know, make it, make it more difficult to pay any kind of attention. I mean, this isn't even something that I'm just guessing. I'm talking to students that just, one of us, a specific student I was thinking about, just right after he graduated, he spent the summer, he's like, man, I was sitting in a movie and I was so, like, he'd hit a low point in the movie. I pull up my phone and start going through TikTok. I'm like, in a movie? I'm like, yeah. It's, like, it's just, it's messed with my head. Check what they're watching. Um, some of the, uh, the anime, most of the anime, I'll be real honest, it's just crazy. Most of it's dealing with, like, demonic activity and um, just straight up just demons taking over and empowering people. It's crazy. Like, if we're not paying attention as parents, we're missing it. I mean, I'm sitting in class. This isn't like just at the 180. I'm sitting in class, and they're just they're talking about anime and back and forth and just people eating other people in the cartoons. This is part of the shows. This is like, oh, I'm like, this hurts my heart. And I'm praying the whole day as I'm sitting in this class. I'm like, man, Father, who am I here for? Like, I don't want to just sub and just take up time. I mean, I, I, there's things I could do at home. And I get to talk to this one kid um, at the end of the day, last class of the day, and we're talking and he's got all kinds of questions. So I'm trying to be subtle about this. You know, I, I don't go in there and say, like, hey, guys, I'm Pastor Tim, so no cuss words in your class today. It's like they don't give a flip, man. They're like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, they're just going. And so I'm, um, I'm in the class, and this kid starts, he's kind of sitting by himself the whole time. 
And I think like short, I don't know, 10 minutes before the class is over, we start talking about school shooters. I don't know what's going on. But he's like, isn't that kind of crazy? And I'm like, and so I'm like looking at the kid like, where's that button? Where's that phone? <laughs> um, but I'm like, that's him. That's who I'm here for. And the kid's just looking for answers. He's kind of a lone student all class. But he's looking for answers. And I couldn't help but think about the, the, the men on the ship. Like, they didn't know the God that Jonah knew. And when tough times came, they all just clamored and looked for their own God. And this young man, he starts bringing out all kinds of crazy thoughts. Talking about just everything. And it, but he specifically kind of brought up homosexuality a lot. And I'm like, I'm like what's going on? Because I didn't get that vibe that that was this kid. But just had questions. Like, I don't know if I could follow or choose this God. And I'm like, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm chewing on, you know, just different things that like, all right, Father, what do you want me to share? How, how far do I go? Where do I stop? And it's beautiful as God will direct you. Like he tried to, he's trying to direct Jonah here. Like he's wanting us to speak. He's wanting, because if not, he knows that the world's going to, again, clamor for everything and just grasping for answers. And the Father's like, I've got answers that you're supposed to give him. Like, God, why can't you just send him a big sign? Like a big sign in the sky or online or something. God's like, I sent you for the sign. Like, you're called to go be that sign to those people that don't want it. This kid, I, I'd love to tell you, like, man, I got to pray with that kid the other day. I, I'm, I'm still praying for Matthew. I, I don't, I, you know, hopefully I see him and run, in, run across him. Like, man, I want to I I take this conversation more. But that's, that's who we're called to be. I know this, I don't want to be, I don't want to stand before God. He's like, who are you and what's your job? First and foremost, my job's not Pastor Tim. My job's to see, to be son of the most high God and then husband and then father. And then like third, fourth down the list is priest, Pastor Tim. And I know if I listen, if I'm obedient, that peace is going to show up first in my house, in my life. And does that mean that if I'm obedient that every storm's going to be just squashed? No, not all the time. As believers, it's, it's not always going to be that case. Oftentimes, God wants to quiet the storm in here to his disciples. And he wants to give peace here. So even if it's chaotic around you, there's still peace here. How do we know that's true? Because Jesus did that with his own disciples. He's sending them across right after he cast out the demoniac. He's like, hey, you boys go ahead. I'll meet you there. He's sending them through a storm. Jesus knew. He knew the storm was coming, but he wanted them to have a peace that, hey, God sent us here, so he's going to protect us. He's going to take care of us. Even though I can't see what's on the other side, Jesus is going to take care of us. He's going to take care of me. He's going to quiet the storm in me. So he quiets the storm, gets Jonah where he needs to be. Helps Jonah see that, hey, when you're at peace, you can help deliver this peace. Because you know me, you can talk, talk about me. Guys, we don't have to know much. That, that student in that class, he was just looking to know that somebody wanted to talk. I wish I had engaged him earlier, but there's, you know, 25, 30 other students are just kind of taking advantage of there's a substitute in the class. But man, I wish I had 10 more minutes with that kid. Because he's looking for answers. Your, your family, I, again, the people that we just don't think they deserve it. That's who God's sending Jonah to. The people that we thought they won't listen. 
That's who God's sending them to. And they, they do. I knew. What is this? Verse 2. The end of verse 2. I knew that you were merciful and compassionate. God to show, to slow to become angry, rich in faithful love, and the one who relents from sending is sending disaster. You know, it's beautiful about, again, because God uses a man that doesn't, doesn't want anything to do with the situation, doesn't want to speak, and God uses him anyway. It's beautiful, and I have probably said this already, that, that God uses somebody, and it's, it's easy to see. It's like, this is how God uses people. Nobody's going to confess to all their, their failures like this. But God's like, I want you to share. Why would that be important that we see God using people that are stubborn? Because a lot of us are in the same boat. We get stubborn thinking, I can hold on to this. It's not going to affect anybody. It's going to affect everybody. We're called to share. This is who believers are called to be. I'm not making this up. This is, this is the word of God. You know, um, what's this? Uh, just, let me get to this quote. This is Charles Stanley said this. And I, I appreciate in reading this because, you know, it's not like I'm going to get up here and share some deep truth that maybe you were totally unaware of. And No, I'm up here to remind you of who you are and who we are. Charles Stanley says this. He's a pastor, uh, well, he's kind of a well-known pastor. Rarely we're ignorant of what God wants from us. We're not suffering from a lack of information. What we lack is a willingness to obey. In the case of Jonah, God used adversity to refocus his attention on what he had originally been asked to do. So God uses and allowed this adversity to come in to keep his focus. What are you supposed to do, Jonah? There's, there's adversity, and, and everything else is getting in your way. You're obviously comfortable. You're hanging out with people that are they're, they're accustomed to walking away and ignoring me, but you're not that guy. You're called to be different. So the adversity comes, and he's like, okay, he's got to refocus, and God's got to get him by himself. And I think that's interesting that Jonah had to be by himself, you know, in a fish, but by himself for God to get his attention. I, I asked the father what I needed to do or to say. Just, you know, I've been chewing on this for message for like a couple weeks now. He's like, come get alone with me. I'm like, okay, but like, what am I supposed to say? He's like, come get alone with me. Like, let's go, you and me, spend some time. Kids are awesome. Best time I have in, in life. And I love my kids. Give every drop of blood for my kids. The best time in life is when I'm with my wife next to God. I think that's, that makes sense, right, as a couple? Like we say yes because it's like I want to be with that person. Because kids are going to grow and we're, we're called to just, you know, develop that relationship. God's using that relationship. Like, Father, what, what do you want me to say? Come get along with me. God, what am I supposed to say to my coworkers, the family, the people that I don't like, my enemies? What am I supposed to say? Come get along with me. And I'll show you. Like, spend some time. Did I get everything I was supposed to say on that walk? Took off for about an hour. My kids are like, I praise God for my kids. They're like, Dad, are you okay? Because I'm out walking in these fields by myself. I'm like, I'm good, dude. Just need to talk to the Father for a minute. He's like, come get alone with me. What direction do you need right now? Get alone with them. What, what do they need to hear specifically? What does she, your wife, or your husband need to hear? Get along with him, the father. He's not looking to hold back information. Again, these people didn't want anything to do with God, and God sought them out. 
How am I supposed to conduct myself in this situation? Get along with him. It's not a matter of, oh, like, I don't have the time. Everybody's got the same amount of time. Everybody's time is split up differently, but everybody's, you know, we've got different responsibilities here and there, but everybody's got 24 hours. What we do with it. You know, it's an it's a easy, inspirational video that we could say, oh, that's, that's great, that's great on TikTok, but does that work with me? Spend time with them. You know, um, most physical ailments can be taken back to, like, lack of water or lack of sleep. Like, I'm struggling my, physically here. I don't feel like I... Just curious. I'm just curious. How many of y'all feel like you don't get enough sleep? Just show hands real quick. Sleep more. <laughs> That's deep, Pastor. Wow. Glad I showed up for that. Ask most physicians. You drink more water. I mean, like God's given us so much. So, so again, it's not that, hey, he's going to stand up here and, and remind me of something or enlighten me of something new. God's given us so much of it. So much is packed into his word. I mean, one of the simplest stories that we could talk about is Jonah. Him just being rebellious. And then what happens when he relents and says, all right, God, I'm yours. Peace shows up. People get blessed. City's not destroyed. Jonah still struggles at the end. God's still using people. I'm grateful. Still come after people that don't want anything to do with him. Thank God for that. Get time today. Take a nap. Get ready for the week. Get time today. I get it. Maybe your team is playing. Spend some time with the Father. Not, not today. Not, I mean, like right now, this, this is good. This is family time. Spend some time with you and him. Put some worship music on. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. Airplane mode, something. I promise. I, I, I don't know about anybody else. I miss the days of no phones. Really do. Man, life was so much more peaceful then. Family, if you would, let's pray. Father, thank you that you're calling us back to you. And not to say that this church has left or gotten away, Father. I know as, as a whole, thank you for our pastor that's encouraging us to stay with you and draw close to you. Father, thank you that you're calling us back to you even at times when we're rebellious or stubborn or just want to do our own thing. I don't know why we make it so difficult. I don't get, I don't understand myself, let alone people in my own house or other people. I don't know why I sometimes run from just your presence when everything is there complete whole person is there the person you desire me and us to be is right there in your presence not just one answer every answer fathers we uh, as we wrap up today I, I know there's a lot of family here and brothers and sisters just know who you are they're comfortable in their relationship with you and father those that are pursuing the lost Encourage them. I pray this is nothing else but an encouragement to them to continue to go get their family, their co-workers, their enemies. 
Father, so they're not standing and saying, man, I, yeah, I'm that person. I should have been here. But Father, rather, they're the people. But Father, I know there's others here today too that they've been the Jonah. They've just been stubborn. They know better. And for whatever reason, they're running. They're trying to do it their own way. Thank you, Father, that you have arms big enough to receive not just 120,000 Ninevites, but that you have arms big enough to receive them as well. And you've opened up your arms. You're calling us. Calling us towards you. A stubborn people at times. A people that want to do it their own way. You're calling us towards you. Father, that's who I'm talking to right now. This, this morning, if that's been you, and you've been that one saying, I'm just going to do things in my way. Why? There's peace waiting for you. And again, maybe not in every situation around you, but peace to deliver it inside of you. There's peace. So if that's you and I'm talking to you, I want to encourage you right now. Say, just pray with me. I'm going to say a prayer in just a few moments. And it's simply going to say, God, I'm a, I surrender who I am to you. I'm going to stop holding back. I'm going to stop running the opposite direction. I'm coming towards you. If that's you, you know who I'm talking to. And you're done running. You're ready to submit and surrender. So I know who I'm praying with. If you would just raise a hand and say, that's me. It's time for me to stop running. Praise God. Thank you. Who else? I just got to see them. Thank you. Thank you. Proud of you, man. Proud of you, dude. Who else? I see that other hand. Praise God. I see you. Praise God. Any others? I see you. Yes, sir. Praise God. Awesome. Praise God. See you. Man, appreciate that. Who else? Today's your day. Today's your day. Today's your day to stop running. Any others before we pray? See you. Praise God. Man, there's peace on this side. Again, maybe not everything around us, but peace in us for sure. For sure. Any others before we pray? I see you. See you. Yeah. Great example right there. Who else? Any others? Right on. He's not far away from anybody. And none of us are getting away from him. It's just best to just stop running. Made some great decisions today. Family, let's pray with those who raised their hand. If you would, say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to come and get me. Today, I choose Jesus as Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me at my best and at my worst. Show me how to love like you love me. And show me how to forgive like you forgive me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.